Hello and welcome. This is the Real Football Podcast. I'm your host, Leonard, aka Lenny. And let's get into it. On today's episode, I'm going to be doing a little bit of bits and pieces everywhere we go here. Uh, I haven't made an episode in a little while. Work's been hectic. Uh, life things have been happening. So just been working on that. Bear with me. I will be speaking about mostly what's been happening in the Premier League. Looks like the title race is pretty much a wrap. Um, I know it's tied at the top. However, Man City have overtaken Arsenal for the first time in a long, long time. Arsenal were top for over 200 days. And yet again, they slip at the final doorstep. However, at the final step, however, 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 they had, did get a very good win against their one of their arch rivals in Chelsea uh, oh, during the week. We'll be speaking a bit about that. Chaos FC, my word. They're still in the relegation battle. <laughs> Don't count them out. Um, and as well as what's been happening at the bottom of the table, uh, as well as just a little bit on Man City and their ambitions going into the into the final few games of the season. Manchester United, they aren't looking very convincing at all right now. Um, Liverpool, of course, I will be touching mostly on them. And... Just a little bits and pieces of news around the around the continent. So, starting off, I need to discuss this uh, this this thing. I left it off. Um, this tactical switch. This um, this uh, Jurgen Klopp um, change to some of the the way that we've been going about things recently, and this whole thing with Trent playing as an inverted fullback. He's no longer bombing down the wing. He is essentially sitting next to Fabinho a lot of the time uh, with Konate essentially playing as a right center back, Van Dijk in the middle and either Chimikas or uh, Robertson, of course, playing more so as a left center back than a fullback, a bombing forward. So it's it's been very interesting to watch. It's been happening over the past couple of games. Liverpool, by the way, five wins in a row in the Premier League. Very, very happy about that. We're unbeaten in seven. Um, so we are finding a little bit of form, a little bit of rhythm within the team. Um, at you would say the crucial stage of the season, it's always best to finish the season strong because then you know what you need to do. If you are three or four points away from your target, be that top four, be that a Europa League place, be that relegation, uh, safety, be that the title, then you know what you have to do. Um, however, in our case, I think we've left it too little too late. I don't see us winning, uh, are getting to top four. I do think it's a, it's a bit of a stretch, even with United really, really falling off at this moment in time. They I haven't seen a, a very good United performance in months at this point. I think the number of games have really, really gotten to them at this point. And with that being said, uh, we are playing well. We're playing reasonably well, especially in possession, especially going forward. Um, Trent playing in the middle, it's been... He's... It's been very, very interesting. So something about Trent uh, that if you have watched this club team play over the years, essentially since he came into the team in 17-18 season, the young lad is essentially, he's our main playmaker. 
he's been our main play playmaker for a long, long time. I mean, Klopp favored the more industrious midfielders of Vinaldum, Milner, Henderson, Fabinho. Those kinds of guys have been stalwarts in the team. We did try to have an, uh, bring in an Ox and Naby Keita. Those guys have been super injury prone, so we haven't been able to rely on them and enough to adjust the system. Same story with Thiago later on, um, where you typically you would have your main creative force being a midfielder, more advanced eight. Um, and that's that's what we wanted in Naby Keita. It's what we wanted in an Ox. That's what we wanted in Thiago. Those guys have all been injury prone. Um, Ox and Naby are, are pretty much gone at this point. Uh, so there is going to be that overhaul. We've been speaking about that. I've been speaking about that. Um, and it's it's been interesting. However, Considering that those have been our main midfielders, the Van Halen's of the world, Van Halen, he, he never, and this is one of those things with the genie, um, shout out to, to my homie Zbu, who would always, always uh, protect this man, uh, defend him uh, to me, and he's an Arsenal supporter. But genie, uh, he was never the most technically gifted creative midfielder who would ping a ball 40 meters to to send someone through uh through on goal it just it, it's just not in his in his repertoire it's not in his arsenal it, it just isn't him and it's something that would be a little bit frustrating especially when we needed to uh unpick the lock of a very very packed defense um in the late 2010s uh your 17s 18s 19s uh, even even 2020 2021 during those kinds of years we would struggle against those sorts of teams and it would usually end up being coming from our fullbacks where a trend would put in a worldy fucking crossfield ball uh, and and find a Sadio Mane more recently a Darwin Nunes or a Jato or a Gakpo or something like that and bringing his talents to the midfield has been it's been great to watch it's very very exciting I cannot lie it's 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 very interesting he looks revitalized there he looks um he looks at home with the ball at his feet he looks as though he could it almost looks like a Joshua Kimmich kind of situation where Kimmich, I know he he came into the Bayern team as a right back. He's so talented that he could play in most positions on the pitch. That's Joshua Kimmich. And I think Trent might be in a similar mold where Klopp, Klopp sees him and he's like, okay, sweet. You are, he's is still playing as right back. Don't get it twisted. He is our right back. And defensively we do defend in a four however when we do have the ball we essentially create a, a midfield box and that box uh we have where it's Fabinho and Trent sitting and Trent goes wherever the fuck he wants he does whatever he wants he's all over all over the pitch whenever he has the ball he can pick a pass my word some of the passing that he had especially in the Fulham game that's the most recent game I watched that 90 minutes um he he he's electric right now he he looks he's the center of attention i think he had the most touches the most completed passes he's he's the he's the linchpin everything runs through him in the team and then you have further forward in this game it was curtis jones and henderson and i think this is why we're seeing a better curtis jones a better version of curtis jones is because he doesn't have the the weight of the defensive 
uh, responsibility all on his shoulders. And he's a young lad, you know, learning his trade, so on and so forth. But him playing a little bit further forward where he can try and get in, be- in behind uh, opposition midfield, um, I think it suits him for sure. It definitely suits him. Henderson as well. Henderson, of course, he, he doesn't have the legs to to cover a Trent bombing down the wing anymore. So I think it's better for him, um, especially in possession when we need to, uh, when we do lose the ball and in those transitionary phases, he he can recover a little bit better than if he had to bomb all the way down and go all the way to the right back position. It's, it's, it's a very tough ask for Henderson at this moment. So I think this this tactical switch has definitely helped our midfielders uh, and it, it gives defenses a headache because they Fulham didn't know what the fuck to do with Trent. They they had no clue on how to stop him, how to solve it. They and as such they kind of they they essentially had to concede a tremendous amount of control in the game. And Fulham are a decent side. They gave City a bit of a run. Um at the weekend. So Fulham have been really good this season. Uh, they they would be one of those teams who could cause a lot of issues for a Liverpool three months ago. They probably would have come into Anfield and got at least a point versus now with the with that tactical switch, man. It, Trent looks, he looks a different player almost in comparison to December, January, February, when he he looked very dejected, his shoulders were dropping. Like even in even when he is still in that right back position, he doesn't look he doesn't look the same guy. He doesn't look the same player. He looks revitalized, which is fantastic for from a Liverpool's perspective. The other thing is that uh, Salah's back on this. I mean, well, I say back. But Salah never left. He has 18 Premier League goals this season. He's scored over 20 every single season that he's been with us. He's an absolute legend. He's, I think, a goal away from passing Steven Gerrard or at least matching Steven Gerrard in terms of the all-time, all-fucking-time Liverpool top scorer list. He's a phenomenal player. I think he's he's somewhere at uh, about 300 appearances. So he's doing it in about half the appearances that Steven Gerrard had. Obviously, they played different positions, but both absolute legends in their own right um all-time liverpool great muhammad salah and he's been freed up by the the uh newly found form of jota jota's back amongst the goal so he's he's a proper threat he scored the winner against spurs i'll touch on that spurs game in a second um Cody Gakpo as well, uh, playing in that in that Firmino role, man. This guy, when he drops deep and he turns and he just runs at it, oh man! You can see this guy has a lot of potential. And of course, Darwin Nunez, we know his strengths, we know his weaknesses. Running in behind, he can finish, uh, so on and so forth. So those with those guys contributing, it gives Salah a better chance, and Salah can kind of do what he wants on the wing because he knows that Trent will find him. And Trent will find pretty much anyone. Uh, he had an assist a couple weeks ago to Gakpo. It was in the Leeds game where we scored a million goals. Um, and it, you could just see the potential. I think that was one of the first games that Klopp played him as an inverted fullback. And since then, we haven't looked We we haven't uh, looked back since. We've won four, five in a row since that game. So uh, it, it's, it's quite interesting. It's going to be interesting to see if we continue with this tactic. I don't know if it's a temporary thing. I don't know if it's a plan B kind of thing. Um, I don't know if if 
Klopp would want to go and get a real right back, a right back who plays solid, and therefore Trent can actually just play as a as a six from here on out, and that's his position. Mm. It would also then come into question: Would we need three midfielders? Because right now I feel like we do need three: Milner, Navigator, Ox, all going. Uh, Tiago's super injury prone. Curtis Jones has been in and out of the team. So you kind of need about three. I know McAllister, we're heavily linked with McAllister. Shout out to you for scoring the last minute penalty to beat Man United to keep our extremely thin hopes of making top four. Um, that they're very much appreciated. Uh, World Cup winner, he's had a fantastic season. We're heavily, heavily linked with him. We're linked with this young lad from Sporting Lisbon, um, Ugard. Ugard, uh, I think that's how you say his name. Um, so we are linked with midfielders. I wonder if we're going to get two, move Trent in permanently, get a right back, get a center back, and then, you know, see see how we do. Um, one of the big things, though, uh, even even though we've been winning games, we've only had one clean sheet in, in the last many, many, many games. We, we concede goals like nothing. We conceded a lot of chances to Fulham. Um, Allison had a fantastic save as he, as he usually does the guy saves us points and goals week in week out at this point we just don't have control of a game we we never feel defensively set um and even with Konate in there I think Konate is going to be a world-class center back um for many years to come I don't know if he's just there yet but it feels like he's on the verge uh Virgil van Dijk if, if man I don't I don't think he'll never he'll probably never be pre- ACL Virgil van Dijk I think that's that's a once once in a you know four or five year um player pretty much and that player's gone I don't he, he's he probably just needs a good another preseason uh a refresh and then to start again uh fresh um essentially but it, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be there's gonna be some hard questions going in there guys like a Joe Gomez guys like Matip um, Matip probably stays his final year and then leaves on a free um, but we're going to need to bring in at least one centre back at very the very least and let please let uh, Nathaniel Phillips please let him go play first team football somewhere I know the guy's been on the bench for how long he he comes in he plays when he needs to but I mean he, he deserves to go play uh, for a nice uh, Wolves or something like that where they play in a low block week in week out he'll be fantastic for them um yeah, so we, we just can't control a game. That's the my biggest issue with Liverpool right now. I mean, we blew Spurs away in the first 20 minutes, and this is a very, very, very poor Spurs team. This is a terrible Spurs team. I think at the moment, uh, with about four games left, we are, what, like five points clear of them? That shows you how shit they are considering how terrible we were for all season. We've been we've been trash all season, basically. Um, and Spurs are even worse than us. They're an absolute mess. Them and Chelsea, just absolute mess. I don't know what the fuck's going on in London uh, uh, these days. West Ham are also a mess. So it's just a lot of poor, poor teams this, this season. Um, but yeah, we, we conceded three goals 
three fucking goals to that Spurs team. Almost coming so close to throwing it away, but Spurs outspurs us, of course. They gave up a goal for no fucking reason uh, to Jota for us to get the 4-3 win. I did say that we have to beat that Spurs at Anfield. We did, but man, uh, it's one of those things that Klopp is going to have to look into the solidity of the team conceding goals we concede way too many goals way too often we concede big chances way too often if he can figure out how to play Trent in that inverted fullback role and and essentially play him as a six and and regain some defensive uh, solidity we will be back in and amongst it. We will be back in the conversation. We will be back where Arsenal are, where Man City are right now. We will be back. If our midfield signings who come in, maybe a McAllister, maybe a Gravin Birch or, or a Mason Mounts and a young number six, Ugard, and we get in a center back, we get about four players. And if those guys hit the ground running, we could be back in and amongst it, considering how well and how fluid that that front three, front five essentially are. Man, there's a lot of signs for optimism. And I said this last week in my previous episode, maybe even the two previous episodes, there's signs for optimism. So it just remains to be seen. And who knows, if we can continue winning out, if we win our four final four games, we finish on 71 points, who knows? If, if United are still on the beach and they're just sleepwalking their way to the end of the season, they could find themselves finishing fifth. And we could finish top four. And you know what? It's been an awful season, very similar to 2021 season. It could be an absolute awful season, but we could just scrape our way into top four. Who knows? We'll see what happens. Uh, Speaking of United, I did say they've been terrible. I watched that game against Brighton. Brighton had so many chances. Matoma, my guy, you were so wasteful. He had David in the face in the first five minutes. Brighton easily could have won this game about 3-0, maybe 3-1. With... I mean, Martial for me is that's that's one of the perfect examples of the poor squad management, the lack of of cohesive um, squad building and and uh, uh, cohesion and direction vision amongst the club uh, over there at Old Trafford, where Martial is still starting games. This guy, we knew he wasn't going to be it. He wasn't going to be the guy. He wasn't going to be, he was never going to be good enough to be, to play for a Man United team at the level that United want to be at. We knew this at least three years ago. The guy's been there since what, 2014? If not 2015, I think it was, yeah, 2015 maybe. I think, yeah, they signed him in 2015. He's been there since then. That's coming up on eight years in the summer. And we've known for at least four years that he's not the guy. It's pretty wild that he's still there. Um, but this is this is the, the size of Eric Ten Hag's job. Um, and clearly the squad just couldn't deal with the injuries, the number of games. Europa League is taxing as fuck. Those Thursdays, Sundays, I don't know why. I have no idea why that's more taxing mentally or what in comparison to the Champions League, a Wednesday, Saturday or a Tuesday, Saturday. It doesn't make sense to me, but for some reason, it just takes it out of teams. It takes it out, takes it out of squads. Casemiro has, has 
missed so many games through suspension. Um, and so it, it's it's been it's been fun to see them uh, really just come back down to earth a little bit because I mean there was talk of title challenges, there was talk of Rashford being the best player in Europe. Rashford winning the Ballon d'Or. Guess what? Rashford has less Premier League goals than Mohamed Salah right now. Um, so I think it's been a it's been a glorious uh, reality check for United. They still do have a lot of work to do. They did win the League Cup. They have the opportunity to stop City's treble charge. I don't know if they will be able to do that. This Man City team looks they look ominous. They look um, as a destiny is on their side, especially if man, if they can get a pass Real Madrid, I think it's a wrap. I don't think a Milan, I don't think an inter team can sit back for 90 minutes and stop this Erling fucking Haaland scoring uh, against them. So yeah, uh, I, I don't think United will be able to stop City. However, in a one-off in a derby, I mean, they've been City this season already. So who knows? But yeah, <laughs> Old Trafford, I think they, they are they're about in year one they're ending year one of what's probably going to have to be a three-year project so next season if they can cement themselves in top four and maybe push on maybe finish second maybe try and challenge for the title i think that's probably where Eric Ten Hag and the lads um, should be aiming for. I don't. I don't think they're ready to mount a full-on title charge, especially with guys like uh, Casemiro, De Gea, um, uh, Eriksson, who Eriksson was playing lights out before he got that injury. Um, a lot of these guys are a little bit older. They're stalwarts, so they probably need it. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, you know, do you want to rely on guys like Fred? Guys like, I mean, I mentioned Martial, guys like, uh, I mean, you see what happens when when Martinez and Varana are. Uh, Maguire, Lindelof, those kinds of guys. I mean, they're, they're okay for a couple games, but you don't want them playing large chunks of games because they will fuck up. They will cost you uh, points. They'll cost you cup ties. Uh, we saw it against Sevilla. Um, United just making, just shooting themselves in the foot time and time after time. I haven't seen them play a good game for months. So it's, I think they're in, however, I think there's more reason for optimism, even though their, their season is kind of souring. Um, if they can not completely fall apart and make top four, I think they should just take that in their stride. Last season, they had one of the worst seasons that they've had in in the Premier League, or in at least 30-something years, uh, one of the worst seasons that they've ever had. Um, so just, you know, sometimes you need to take those baby steps. Uh, speaking of baby steps, well, I guess these were grown man steps. Arsenal step up the table um, from fifth, completely bottling their top four challenge last season to essentially completely bottling the title challenge unfortunately for them i mean no one really saw them finishing in the top two at the beginning of the season uh it was always top four but when you are in a position and it's all in your own hands you you draw three games in a row and then you get absolutely they wipe the floor with you you get smacked around at the etihad um, and essentially completely give up the title to this Pep Guardiola juggernaut. Uh, it's bittersweet. Uh, I think it's more bitter than sweet right now, especially for Arsenal fans. They will be looking at it like, geez, guys, we, we had this in our hands. Um, obviously, the squad isn't deep enough. Obviously, 
uh, I, I I slate them all the time, but you, I don't. Granit Xhaka is not a Premier League winning starting central midfielder. I do think if they can, if they can upgrade on him and get a little bit more depth, just a little bit more depth. They don't need a tremendous amount because obviously they've they've had a fantastic season. Uh, they're on 78 points right now. They have 12 more points to get. They could finish on 90 points. To put this in context, the Invincibles had 90 points. So they've had a phenomenal season so far. Um, I don't think they will get to 90 points. I do think the, their heads have gone. Their heads pretty much went after that Southampton draw. Um, that one for me, I did say it last week, with the body language, all that, um, I just knew they were done. However, however, they bounced back fantastically this week. Uh, they played the perfect opponent in Chaos FC, Chelsea Football Club. Just an absolute mess from top to bottom. From Todd Bowley right into the kid, man. I, I think th this entire club is in disarray. They're an absolute shambles. And Arsenal wiped the floor with them. They smacked them around. They got their 3-0. And they essentially just cruised the rest of the game. The Emirates probably really, really enjoyed, it, enjoyed that. And while, yes, absolutely, the title picture, the big picture things... You, you always need to think about, uh, you know, oh, man, uh, if only we could have pulled these performances out. Why couldn't we beat Southampton? Oh, we dropped unnecessary points. It was in our hands, blah, blah, blah. I mean, football's a very simple game at the end of the day. You need to enjoy when you smack your rivals around because trust and believe Chelsea were giving Arsenal the business for a long fucking time. I remember when Didier Drogba, every single time he stepped on the pitch against Arsenal, he would score a goal and there was just nothing they could do about it. This is the kind of game, this is a kind of track record or, or, or recent history against Chelsea that they just you just need to enjoy it sometimes. Enjoy the fact that you are smacking around a title rival. Enjoy the fact that uh, your captain is scoring a brace. Uh, they These guys are bouncing back. They can still play fantastic football. They are still the same team that got themselves into this position to begin with. And, you know, just enjoy the rest of the season as much as you can. You're going to be in the Champions League next year. You're going to most likely sign fantastic players. Two, three great players you get rid of some of the uh, i mean you guys like oh, i don't want to slate him because i slated him last time um your rob holdings guys like that shaka those sorts of guys you let some of those guys go you bring in new fresh players who who are hungry to win who are hungry to 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 join this project under arteta who i mean arteta's had a fantastic season overall he has made mistakes in the past month um but, you know, just enjoy, enjoy this part because this is the fun times. These are the fun times. These are the good times or potentially the beginning of the good times. Um, it's kind of like in the 17-18 season with Liverpool where before we, we had really figured it out, before we could get 90 points, we had that Champions League run. And yes, we did lose in the final and, and it was heartbreaking. But looking back, it was the, the the feeling of that roller coaster going up and up and like oh man I'm watching this I'm watching these young players really really kick on and I'm seeing new exciting players and so on and so forth enjoy it just enjoy it 
Enjoy the great football. Enjoy Bukayo Saka doing whatever he wants on the wing. These sorts of things, because football is so, I mean, it's so momentary. It's so, it's so, it's so finite. It's, it's, you never know. Like these, these sorts of things. I mean, you never know when you might have seasons like this again. Mm, and Arsenal fans know this now. Uh, Liverpool fans know this who've been fans for 10 years now. And United fans have learned that recently. So just enjoy it. Enjoy what you can. Um, outside of that, yeah, Man City at the top of the table. They, I mean, City supporters should be enjoying every single thing that they're seeing from these guys. Erling Haaland broke the goal-scoring record, the Premier League goal-scoring record. That's the record from 1992 onwards. He has scored the most goals in a Premier League season over the past 31 years, 30 years phenomenal player i mean I, I, I wax lyrical about this guy every single week and every single week he delivers it's like watching uh, uh cristiano ronaldo level talent um lionel messi level talent coming into the premier league at this time um and he, he's only 22 he's going to get better he, he's probably going to break this record that he just broke again um and as long as pep guardiola can continue to build amazing machines amazing teams around this guy he will score goals like nobody's business i knew it from the jump i knew it was bad news i knew he was going to come into the premier league and essentially dag dick his way right through everyone and it's come to fruition i don't like the side of it but you know this is the first time in a in a couple of seasons where liverpool are nowhere near man city in terms of the league and I can just kind of watch somewhat neutrally, somewhat objectively. And it's it's amazing to watch. It's amazing to see. I mean, the Kevin De Bruyne to Erling Haaland, that connection is ridiculous. And in it's probably going to get only going to get better. My only my only uh, also also I do want to say um, Erling Haaland is my player of the week this week um, for breaking the Premier League all-time goal scoring record he's coming to the league and he still has what five more games left so he could really really push on i think he he might be aiming for about 40 league goals that's that's tremendous that's a ridiculous total um i think i said a couple of weeks ago that he's probably going to get about 55 goals 55 ish goals for the season uh, I'll double check that in about a week or two. Um, let the Champions League games come by, uh, come and go, and then we'll we'll see where he's at. Um, but yeah, just just phenomenal talent, a uh, different kind of player to what I've seen in the Premier League. I don't I don't recall a player exactly like this. Uh, yeah, going back, just ridiculous. Uh, he is my player of the week, just by the way. So well fucking done, Erling Haaland. He's probably won about four or five player of the weeks at this moment. Um, tremendous player, all in all. Um, yeah, Man City are just rolling on. They rolled over West Ham in the midweek. Uh, Full Foden back amongst the goals. He's back in the team. Um, back fits uh, for a very crucial period of the season. They should be aiming for the treble. Uh, FA Cup final against United, like I mentioned before. They should wrap up the league. Uh, I think with about a, a match day, maybe even two left. And then the big, big deal is going to be Real Madrid in the Champions League. That's, I think that's the only real obstacle to stopping these guys winning the treble. And my only, only, uh, uh, I, I take solace in the fact that 
usually when teams achieve a, a ridiculous or, or achieve something that they've been working towards year in year out i mean man city's lost the champions league final they've lost in the semi-final in heartbreaking fashion last season if they can win it this year i think the c- squad will collectively exhale and you know your Gundogan's, your Bernardo Silva's, your Kevin De Bruyne's, your John Stones's, your Kyle Walker's, your Edison's—these guys who have been at, at been added for a long, long time for City—I think they'll probably just drop a level next season, which will give another potential contender a chance to win the title. It could be Arsenal, it could be a resurgent Liverpool. Who knows? Chaos FC can do fucking anything. I wouldn't be surprised if they won the league next season, considering how how up and down and ridiculous those motherfuckers are. Um, so yeah, that's the only my only little bit of hope that maybe they're gonna fall off next season. I mean, no team has ever won the league more than three times in a row in English history. So hopefully that stays the same, and they're pretty much they they're gonna win the league. So hopefully another team can win the league next season and hopefully that team is in red they play in liverpool and they they the cops sings their names uh that would be a fantastic story um in other news uh the relegation fight is so 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 tight at this moment in time there's four teams and two of those four teams are probably going to go down it's forest everton leeds leicester I don't, I, uh, man, and uh, uh, pretty much two of those four. I mean, you could see West Ham getting roped into it. They're four points clear of the teams on 30 points. There's three of those four teams on 30 points. That's Forest, Leeds, and Leicester on 30 points. Everton are a point behind. I think Southampton are gone. Um, I don't know. Uh, as a Liverpool supporter, not from Liverpool, I, I, I kind of want to see Everton go down because fuck them, but I don't really want to see Everton go down because if they go down, it's a wrap. It's a wrap. No relegation clause for a lot of those players. They, they've they spent uh, unreal amounts of money for the position in the table that they're at. I don't want to see them go down because they might not come back for years and years and years. They could drop another league. They could do a Leeds and be gone for 20 years. So... That's not something that I want to see. I don't really want to see Leicester go. I've enjoyed their their stay in the Premier League. Of course, the the most uh, one of the most iconic moments of in Premier League history. They won the league um, with that band of misfits. So I don't really want to see them go, and I don't really want to see Leeds go either. Forest, I'm ambivalent. So it's. I think that's where the most excitement is uh, in in the next five games of the Premier League. The last five games, ridiculous stuff. Um, yeah, I think that's that's where most of the excitement is going to be because top four looks looks wrapped up. City are not going to lose the league from this point, and yeah, no no one really gives a fuck about a Europa League race. So it's it's all about the relegation zone at this moment in time. In other news from the continent, uh, over in the peninsula, Napoli, the city of Naples, is probably in raptures at this moment in time. Napoli have won Serie A for the first time since 1990. For 32 years, they went down to Serie B. They went down to Serie C, even. Financial troubles through the 90s and 2000s, and yet they've risen. They fought against uh, an essentially invincible Juventus team. 
year in, year out. I think they lost the title with 90-something points at one stage. They had that amazing trio of Edison Cavani, Lavezzi, and Insigne. Uh, and they had guys like Hamshik. They had guys like Koulibaly, who I, I could really, really feel for because he jumped ship to go to Chelsea. And then Chelsea are chaos, chaos FCing. And Napoli went on and won the title. I I, I kind of feel for Koulibaly at the moment in time. Not that much, though. Shout out to Napoli. Shout out to you guys. Shout out to Kravadana. Shout out to Osimhen. Shout out to uh, Kim. Shout out to your entire team. You guys have done a fantastic thing. Serie A, my second favorite league, like I always say. Four seasons, four different title winners. Juventus, then Inter, then Milan, now Napoli really really exciting uh league at this moment in time they've clearly been resurgent i've been waiting for this resurgence a milan derby in the champions league semi-final i have to watch syria next season i have to have to have to yes uh what is it cbs i will get a fucking subscription to watch syria next season it's that good um and in other news i did mention last episode that please Dortmund, please do not fuck up, please. All you had was five games, five games to go. And lo and behold, not 24 hours later, they draw to give up the lead to Bayern once again. And Bayern probably aren't going to drop this lead again. They aren't going to let them back in. Bundesliga is probably going to be wrapped up 11 titles in a row for Bayern Munich. There's about four games left. Who knows what could happen, but I, I feel like I've seen the story before. I've said it before. Um, Dortmund, you le- you've let me down once again, but hey, I can't blame you too much. It's Bayern fucking Munich we're talking about. Um, I will keep one eye on that uh, on that title race. I'll probably catch a few games over the weekend, but I'm not very optimistic about that. Very, 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 very much looking looking forward to the Champions League, especially that Milan Derby semi final. It's going to be oh so delicious. Maybe not footballing wise, but it's going to be as ferocious as a Champions League semi final has been for I cannot recall how long maybe since the previous milan derby ridiculous stuff um with that said ladies and gentlemen days and thems i must let you go i have a weekend to go and enjoy i hope you enjoy yours too um and i hope you have a magnificent day whenever this podcast reaches your ears you take 